Never before have we had so much computing power so widely available. We have supercomputers, we have quantum computers, and yes, we have an unprecedented amount of data. It's all creating a perfect situation where we now have the ability to potentially make predictions, make progress, and ratchet up society like never before. In particular, data in computational sciences could be game changers for healthcare, energy, sustainability, and financial inclusion. That's the hope of Adia Lab anyway, Abu Dhabi's independent institute dedicated to research in data and computer sciences. The lab's director, a world-renowned expert in computer science, Dr. Horst Simon, says Abu Dhabi and the UAE are well-positioned to be at the center of all that computational progress. He spoke with us as the lab was celebrating its first anniversary, talked about the progress made in the previous year, and the technological road ahead. This is Business Extra Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Combs, future editor at The National. Joining me now at Adia Lab in Abu Dhabi, I'm here with Dr. Horst Simon. He is the director of Adia Lab. Thanks so much for joining us on Business Extra. Good morning, Cody. It's my pleasure to be here, and welcome to Adia Lab. First off, although it's been around for a little more than a year, to the layperson, what is Adia Lab? Adia Lab is an independent research lab that's focusing on computational and data science. It was created about a year ago in Abu Dhabi, and with the intent of uh, building international collaborations and bringing expertise in these areas to Abu Dhabi and strengthen the infrastructure of the country in the long-term sense, that's why Adia is supporting is to help the local community and improve the future for the citizens of Abu Dhabi. And as director of Adia Lab, what does that entail? As director of Adia Lab, I'm overall responsible for the exactly the execution of this plan and for building the connections. So I'm supported by a very strong advisory board, scientific advisory board, that will help guiding me in setting the overall research directions. And I'm supported by an operations board at Adia, which is responsible for, as her name says, the operations of the lab. So it's been around for a little more than a year. Looking back at 2023, before we look ahead, and we will, mm-hmm. what has been accomplished so far? In 23, we had a number of big accomplishments. So as I said, the lab started uh, with, uh, basically with, just a plan and a vision. And so in 23, the important accomplishments were to get this advisory board in place. And so I have a very distinguished advisory board with Nobel Prize winners and uh, Turing Award winners, which is for computer science, Nobel Prize, and other award-winning scientists. And they have been very instrumental in moving this forward. I also appointed seven fellows, and these are researchers, international researchers, who are supported by Adia Lab to develop research and publish their results. So Adia Lab engages in applied research and data science, artificial intelligence, machine learning, high-performance computing, which you've dedicated a lot of your life to, focusing on societally important applications, climate, energy, and telecommunication. How will this research benefit those areas? down the road? This is the fundamental question always for basic research is that, and this is always an an answer that is not liked, and then saying we don't know yet, and this is basic research is exploratory, and it's, in a sense, exploring new 
ideas in new venues, and so we don't really know what it will lead to. And in my past experience, I have so many cases of basic research leading to major breakthroughs. My favorite story is at Berkeley Lab, where I was deputy director before and managed the research portfolio. There was a, pro uh, a project that was funded in 2008, which really led to the discovery of CRISPR. And Jennifer Doudna was at that time still a young researcher at the lab. And so, and it was funded under a different program. And so it wasn't really clear that this would be a major breakthrough in biology 15 years later and would lead to a Nobel Prize in the in 22. So we have all of these ingredients. We've got more data than ever. We've got super yes. fast computers. We have AI. What do we do with all this data? What how is that going to how is that going to enrich all of our lives if Adia does this research properly? Yes, that is exactly if you want to put it, phrase it as a question, this is for basic research question. What do we do with all these data? So we have in for example in the area of health vast arrays of data. We have the patient data. UAE is in a very special place because UAE provides a genomic, has developed a, a genome project which collects the genomic data from the population. And uh, so there is, uh, this is all there, but it cannot be used in something which is called, for example, precision medicine, which looks at the individual genome and then at the patient history and trying to make uh, decisions based on the data on how to do medical treatment. In particular, I think uh, big data is probably a, a change in medicine in general. We will come to a new way of medicine and get from sick care to actually to health care because right now medicine is unfortunately sick care. That is, you get only treated when you're sick. What healthcare would be would be to look at uh, human data in terms of all the things that can be measured from uh, your blood pressure to any, and then give advice on how you avoid getting sick long term. And so we need to, but this is, I'm talking in terms of big uh, terms. This is, I think, for me, for one of the most striking examples on if we can harness all the data and manage them well and develop the tools to uh, make take advantage of the data, then we can change the way we're doing medicine. In simple put, we don't have to wait until somebody has a heart attack. We can predict some to somebody that you might have. We can do this even now, but we can do it with much more precision. You might have a heart attack in, in a couple of years, and therefore we have to do this preventive measure now. What kind of a player can Abu Dhabi be in the year and years ahead when it comes to high-performance computing and data research? I mean, it's already, it has the momentum, yes. but when people look back five years from now or even one year from now, what's the, what's the goal when they look back in high? Oh, I think Abu Dhabi is in a perfect position already now. And they have, if you look at the reputation that UAE, in particular Abu Dhabi, has, in AI and machine learning, it is a very, it's already recognized that the work that has been done locally at MBZUAI and at uh, the other universities, the work that uh, Core 42 is doing, that this is all contributing to a very high level of accomplishment. 
And I think the, the piece is already all there, and so there is needs to be more of a long-term strategy how to put all these pieces together. So you've grown the advisory board to 10 people. I believe, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, the most recent addition was the U.S. Secretary of Energy, former U.S. Secretary of Energy, Stephen Chu. That's just one person I've named, but all these very, very intelligent people, these thought leaders, and that almost doesn't get the point adequately across, but these thought leaders, what do you do with a group of really smart people like that? So we had them actually all in the meeting room next door for a whole afternoon in November when we had this symposium, and we discussed what we want to do next year. And so they advised me on a plan for next year, and I'm very excited about that plan and expect some exciting things will come out of this plan. So to give you an example, which came out of this advisory board session, is one of our advisory board members is Edward Young, who used to be a founding member of the Microsoft Research Lab in Seattle. And he proposed we need to do something called an invention session. And so I'm planning to organize some of those invention sessions. And this is a protocol Microsoft had worked out to set research agendas for Microsoft Research. And it was important to keep in mind that Edward was at Microsoft Research in the early 90s when uh, some in the academic community will remember that Microsoft was not seen as a company that would do research and actually had still a very, I would say, not very good academic reputation. And so uh, I'm trying to leverage this knowledge into a process which will help Adia Lab to develop in a sense, a research strategy in these areas that I mentioned, climate and health, and also digital finance. Let's talk a little bit more about applied research and data and computational sciences. What are some of the challenges when deploying data science in use cases? I think there's the challenge is the challenge that is always from the desk of a researcher to production. And I think that is a big challenge. Somebody may have a great idea on how to analyze medical data, but to take this insight, turn it into a tool, and even if we build the right software, to introduce that software into the day-to-day -day medical practice is a big challenge. I think that's a challenge that always is um, the challenge from research to deployment, and it sometimes takes a long time to accomplish this. So I think that Adia Lab is at this moment looking at the beginning of this, that is the actual basic research, getting the insights, and maybe leading to new tools. And then I think uh, it is right currently not on our charter to change uh, the, the environment and introduce things outside the lab. So 2023, I think it's safe to say, I don't think we get too much disagreement. It was the year of AI. It's not going yes. away in 2024. There was so much conjecture. There were so many opinions. I've had some, you've had some. Everybody seemingly has had an opinion on AI. Where do you think things stand in 2024 in terms of fear about AI, how it's going to be deployed, what it may or may not do to mankind? Is it oversold, the fears? I think the fear is oversold. I mean, and I can argue about this more with this. I just think that, I don't know why the fear is oversold, but I just, it's oversold. It seems to be 
This is maybe a dangerous thing to say. It's just like I'm also convinced that the fear of GMOs is oversold. And I, so I think there is a general fear that's easily stimulated in the general population about any new technology. And there's always a concern about what will it do to me? And that appeals maybe to some basic uh, concerns of humans who are afraid of any change and anything that will bring a radical change. And so we have had those fears against technology in the society. I said GMOs is one perfect example. Nuclear power is another perfect example in my mind. So there are, yes, there are technologies that are risky and there are risks, and that doesn't mean we shouldn't do the research work that is currently being done to explore AI risks, but we shouldn't be misguided by, as I said, a picture that AI come and kill us all. So that's very true. I, I do feel like there was a period of like three or four years there where you couldn't pick up a newspaper without reading about GMOs or somebody having a hot take on GMOs, and suddenly we you don't hear anything about it. Yes, that's true. And if you look at some of the things that happened, like, for example, Golden Rice, which is now, I would say, well-established and has fundamentally changed uh, nutrition in many countries that have rice as stable. And so I think there are... Similarly, to put it this way, I think we will see many beneficial applications of AI and also successful applications AI in making businesses more efficient in the next year. And I think the one big uh, change will be that in 24 and 25, we'll get from this breathless hype, yet another new thing, and oh, what happened at OpenAI and all these type of decisions to a much more solid progress in business where tools will be deployed and uh, it will no longer be seen as anything unusual or something that needs you need to take, you have to be afraid. Do you worry about a potential global economic slowdown affecting scientific investments or any future forecasts that Lab might have? Well, I, f I think the one thing I continue to worry about is since we just had COP28 is that I think that the um, general understanding not of climate change but of our energy, how our energy budget in the world is not there. And I think energy, of course, is related to climate because most of our energy will be created through fossil fuels. And so there's this push against fossil fuels, which is in some sense seen as the right remedy to climate change. But I think nobody has thought through very well what will actually happen in the energy transition. And you can look at data that shows that the wealth that we all enjoy today is based on having abundant energy that can be easily extracted. And so there's an energy surplus that creates for wealth for all of us. And I think nobody has thought about what will happen if we have if we change this energy balance and drop fossil fuels, which have been substantially uh, important for our wealth. Since I'm from... Germany, I can say this this way. I'm very uh, surprised even about the German policies to 
go so strongly in favor of uh, renewable technologies. And I think nobody seems to have thought through what it will do to the manufacturing capability and the general wealth of a country. And so this is just a small example where the right decision from a climate point of view has not been taken into a general economic context. Hypothetically, though, that's where your data research might... That's, that's one of the topics I think we would like to exp uh, do some research on. This is the connecting the climate research with economic effects. And so uh, this would be one area where I hope that Adia Lab can make major contribution for understanding exactly how climate change policies will impact and change the economy and what things uh, make sense overall. So I think it's safe to say that uh, from a childhood, you've had a fascination with computers evolving into supercomputers. Yes. Where we are right now, is this about where you expected we would be when you were a child? Or have we <laughs> No, have we never. <laughs> I would have never expected to be in Abu Dhabi to talk to you about AI, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, but if you talk about the development of computational technology, we're also at a crossroads. And I think, I believe that Pat Gelsinger from Intel, actually himself now, has said that Moore's Law will end. And so we are at a point where the free increase or the seemingly effortless increase in computational power is no longer going to happen. And this is just thinking about AI, another one of those uh, questions that needs to be answered is how many compute cycles will we need to build these large models? And will we actually be able to uh, provide the energy for these large computer systems? And so for interesting for about almost more than 50 years since 19 uh, since the 1960s we have seen Moore's law providing faster and cheaper computing almost effortlessly it's not effortlessly i mean though folks in semiconductor development will say there was a lot of work involved but it just happened automatically and we are no longer in a world where this is going to happen is there anything about Audio Lab that I'm not asking that you want people to know? I want everybody to know that we are open in a basic research lab. And so while we are uh, supported by Adia very strongly, uh, we are independent and we have our own agenda and our own advisory board and our own structures. So we will work on basic research and be guided by the principles of basic science and hopefully this will lead long term to a beneficial outcome for Abu Dhabi that all the citizens can enjoy. I guess what are some of the pressing issues in 2024 that research and data can help eventually solve? In 24. 2024 and beyond. Well as I said I think that there are many uh, changes in the medical system that we hope can affect. Um, and then I think there's also, as I said, uh, maybe we can get some better understanding on how climate impacts the economy and come to a more rational-based decision-making by understanding the technology, by having mathematical models that predict what needs to be done. Dr. Horst Simon, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you, Cody. It was great to talk with you. 
That's it for this episode of Business Extra. Please remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts to receive all our updates as soon as they come out. This episode was produced by Doa Farid and Arthur Edison. I'm your host, Cody Combs.